If you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 27, and we're going to look at verses 41 through 45. Or if you have the uh, church app, if you want to just press the Bible there, it'll open up for you. And uh, we encourage you to use church app special this morning. We'll have you plug in a few words to fill in some blanks in the church app. And that'll help you uh, be a part of the message this morning. Genesis chapter 27, verses 41 through 45. And I'm going to be reading out the New King James translation this morning. Uh, and I want to make mention that in this message, uh, really to capture it all, you've got to read several chapters. So uh, I'll make reference to uh, various other chapters in Genesis, uh, especially around this chapter 27. So don't let that get you confused this morning. But uh, I'm excited to be back this morning after Joyce and I being away with our 40th anniversary uh, cruise that we went on. Uh, had great weather, had a great time, but I was looking forward and excited to be back with you this morning worshiping with you. And you really filled me with uh, just the sense and the presence of uh, God's Spirit and uh, your love this morning. So I'm excited to be with you. I was a little bit nervous though. Uh, uh, this morning as I got up after being gone and not having all the activities that I normally have relating to the church, my mind was going, did I remember everything that I was supposed to remember? Am I ready to start this morning? And I walked into the sanctuary for the service start and I saw Nathan and Tori and this sudden feeling hit me, oh no, they're always, they're, they live out of town and so they're always here for baby dedications or baptism. I thought, I forgot something, but they were just here for the weekend, so that's great, I'm okay again. But uh, on this uh, weekend, of course, this is a special weekend, being Memorial Day weekend, and it's a holiday that most people will get that day off. And if any of you don't get it off, I'm sorry, but uh, most people do get that day off. And it's a day that has been uh, recognized by the United States to remember those who sacrificed their life as they served in the military and our armed forces. And even though I believe that most people know what the meaning behind Memorial Day is, uh, even though if you were to ask a big crowd of people, you'd probably get some kind of confused looks, not sure what it is. But even though I believe that most people know it's a day to remember those who gave their life so that we can have our freedom, uh, there are probably a majority of people that that doesn't really cross their mind. It's just a day off from being from their regular jobs and a day to just kind of relax, have a good time, and maybe you do some things around the house that they normally don't do. But in this service today, if some of you have family members that served in the military in some way and they lost their life, you remember Memorial Day in a different perspective. It's not that first priority of a day off from work and a day just to relax and have some good times and maybe do some cooking out, but it's a day that you suddenly remember because the loss of your loved one is etched in your mind. And you know, that's natural. That's the way it uh, will just always be that when whether it's something good or bad, when it relates to something that is our family, it sticks with us more, doesn't it? We can hear things happen to other people's family and we may pray for them and feel bad about bad things or rejoice about good things they have. But when it's our family, it suddenly sinks in and has much more meaning. Matter of fact, if you looked at the bulletin insert this morning about Memorial Day that we put in there, one thing that I didn't know was that they actually encourage people to take a moment at 3 p.m. on Memorial Day to say a prayer for those who have lost loved ones that have served in the military. It wasn't something I was really aware of. And so there's things that we kind of miss if we haven't been truly impacted in a very close, intimate way. And today I want to kind of focus about families. I want to talk about family memories. And I don't want to focus as much about lost loved ones, although we are going to have a prayer of time to honor them this morning. 
But I want to just kind of focus on family memories and, and how we create family memories and whether we're creating good family memories or bad family memories. And you know, there's, uh, when you talk about families, when I think about families in the Bible, there are certain families that always come to my mind. And I want to look at one of those particular families today in the scriptures. It's a father whose name is Isaac, his wife, the mother, her name is Rebecca, and these twin sons, Esau and Jacob that have been born to Isaac and Rebekah. And when uh, these two twin sons were born, there was quite a story that began from the very point of birth. They came out and Esau was born first. And as he came out, they saw that he was kind of red and hairy. And immediately that name of Esau was attached to him, which means red. And then Jacob came right behind him, holding on to his heel as they were born one behind the other. And they named him Jacob because Jacob has the meaning of supplanter or heel catcher. It also is sometimes uh, translated as deceiver. And so their names were given to them based on how the appearance was when they were born. And I want you to listen to the birth that, of these two from Genesis 25. Now, you don't have to flip there right now, but just listen to the birth. It says, now when Rebecca... When her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red, and he was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. And after his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. And Isaac, which is the dad, was 60 years old when she bore them. And so the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man dwelling in the tents. And I want you to listen to what it says here. This is a key part to remember. In verse 28, it says, And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And so we see a mother and a father that become attached to different ones of the twins. Isaac who apparently is more of an outdoor person. He sees the personality of Esau as he has grown up and he is one who likes to go out and hunt and be out in the fields. And so the Bible tells us that Isaac developed a greater love for Esau. And yet Jacob liked hanging around the house. He was more of a mama's boy. And so Rebecca developed a greater love for Jacob. And that's kind of how it was. And so now as we kind of got the mindset of their birth, I want us to jump forward several years into their adulthood. And I want us to look at this Genesis 27, verses 41 through 45. And I want you to listen to the setting that has happened. We see the exciting birth of, imagine the family, their twins are born. One comes out hanging to the other. They give names to them. But now they've begun to grow up. And that's where we're picking up in our chapter 27, verses 41 through 45. But I want you to tell you one thing that has occurred in between the birth and these scriptures, and that is, as they've grown up, Esau had been out hunting one day, and man, he was just came back home. He was hungry. He was worn out. He was just kind of overwhelmed. And when he got back, his brother Jacob had made a bowl of stew. And so when Esau says that, he says, give me some of that. And he says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you some if you'll sell me your birthright. Because remember, Esau was born first. Now, it's significant about this first birthright because in the Jewish customs, the firstborn child got a double portion in comparison to the other children. And so the firstborn kind of became the head of the family and also got a double inheritance there, you might say. So if there were two children, instead of uh, them getting half and half, the oldest one would get like two-thirds and the youngest one would get a third. So it carried significance. And Esau just kind of blows it off and he says, 
What good is my birthright when I'm going to starve to death? Give it to me. And so he gives it to him. Then as they continue to grow along, as their father becomes to get to the point of almost to death, the father says, Esau, I want you to go out and make some stew for me and kill a wild animal and bring me back some stew like I like to eat. While he's out hunting, Jacob and his mother, who have this mother-son relationship, deceive a plan. And that is, let's make some of this your dad's favorite food. You take it in. We're going to fix you up like you're hairy like Esau. He won't be able to see you good because he's got aged and his eyes aren't too good. And you get the blessing of the father on you because you'll think you're Esau. Very deceptive. So here's what happens after these two things have happened in Genesis 27 and verses 41 through 45. That's where I want you to read with me this morning. It says, so Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. And the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. And so she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to my brother Laban in Haran, and stay with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. And then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved also of you both in one day? And so the setting for this family has really escalated to where they're creating some bad memories, aren't they? Here is a a mother and a son who have deceived the father and the other brother, taken away this other brother's birthrights. There's been a lot of deception and a lot of things that have occurred in the family. And as I look at that, you know, sometimes you can look at families and you can learn from how good the family is, but sometimes there's some bad experiences you can learn. So let's look at this, and I want to just share with you some things that I learned about family memories from this particular family. And I want to start out with this one point, and that is, if you look at your app there, it says, there are problems that cause bad family memories. As I look at their example, I'm reminded of not only their family, but other families. And that is, when you see a family and you see certain problems that are occurring in the family, you can see a family that is developing bad family memories that are going to last with them. And one of the things that I saw in there, if you look at your church app, you'll see an A there. And put in that word division. Division among family members creates bad family memories. You see, as I read in the scriptures in Genesis 25, 28, it told us that Isaac loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. There was a division in the family. Father and son, mother and younger son, twins. But now they have kind of created division in the family. Now we can look at that and some people will say, and I was kind of amazed recently Um, people didn't know what I was going to be preaching. I didn't know I was going to be preaching for these scriptures. But I had two different times in the last few weeks that somebody was talking to me about my grandkids and they asked me this question, which one's your favorite? My immediate thought was, do I look stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Apologize for anybody here that uh, I shouldn't say that word with your kids around here. But anyway, I'm thinking that in my mind. I'm thinking, but I didn't say that. I said, I love all my grandkids. 
And I remember one person said, oh, come on now. You love one a little more than the other. I said, they all got different personalities and there's different love of things, but I love all my grandkids. And I walked away because I'm thinking, I ain't falling into that trap. Can't ever tell. They might go tell one of the grandkids if there was, but I love my grandkids equally. They're all different personalities. They got different uh, traits that are lovable parts of them, but I love them all equally. But as we look at these scriptures, it's very clear the Bible's telling us that the dad loved one twin son more than the other one, and the mom loved the other twin son more than the other one. And so there was this division that began in the family. And as you look at these as it goes on, not only from the point of the beginning of early life, but all the way through their, their adulthood, there's that division in the family. There's mama and mama's boy, and there's son and daddy's boy. And it's that way. Now, let me just say this, that there's nothing wrong with like, maybe you've got multiple kids in your family, and maybe there's one kid that the dad likes to fish, and one of the kids likes to fish, and the other ones don't, and maybe they go on some fishing outings. There's nothing wrong with that. Or maybe there's in the family, there's the mom, and then there, maybe there's a, a few daughters or a couple daughters, and one really loves to go shopping, the other one really don't like to do that, and maybe they have some shopping things. But you have to be very careful that you never create divisions in the family. To where it's always me and them or you and them. You never can create divisions like that because it will create some bad memories that will develop in the family. And so as a family, divisions among the family members should never be there. It will always create problems within the family and bad memories to carry on. If you look on down to the church app, you'll see another thing, another block, and that's B. Put the word deception there. Deception by one family member to another will create bad memories and problems within the family. When there's deception, and at Genesis 27, 35, it tells us that Jacob deceived his father. And as we were to read all the scriptures, it tells us that, that Jacob's mother participated in the deception. So we not only have one son deceiving his father, but we have a mother participating in that. It's a, fa a mother and a, and a son deceiving a father and doing something dirty against the other brother. And so there's that deception that begins to develop. And as it's going on, the deception is beginning to create greater and greater as the story if we were to read all through the scriptures. And so the Bible's letting us know that there's a deception that's being created. This deception of a mother and son against another son. But not only that, that is a wife deceiving her husband. That is a mother being a part of deception for her other son. Deception is being built into the family. And deception within the family will always create problems and bad memories. And it doesn't have to be like mother, son, or mother, daughter, or any of those type of things. But I'm talking about the family unit. It can be a husband deceiving his wife or a wife deceiving her husband. And when those things, deceptions, becomes part of a family setting, it is always going to create problems and bad memories. I have been in a lot of, over the uh, 27 years that I've been pastoring, I've sat in with a lot of marriage counseling over those years. And, and in those marriage counseling where there's problems and trying to create a better setting and get beyond those things. There have been multiple times where there have been deceptions 
to where maybe one person has been involved in pornography and the other one didn't know and it's been going on for years or maybe one has been building a relationship with somebody and has a affair and they never knew it was going on or maybe someone has been doing things with the money in the family and the other one didn't know a thing about it. I've even seen that occur even to the point that they didn't have a clue till death came and they realized, man, we're not nowhere near where I thought we were. It's deception within the family. And so whether it's things relating to the relationship of pornography or whether it's finances within the family or whether it's mother, daughter, father, son, deception within the family will always create problems and bad memories that will go on and on. This was a very bad deception. And if you look after that in the app, you'll see there's another C there that, and there's a blank. And I want you to put the word devastating. Devastating one member by another member's action. One family member devastating another family. You see, as we were to look at these scriptures, if we looked at Genesis 27, 34, it tells us that when Esau realized that his father had blessed his younger brother, his twin brother, instead of him, the Bible tells us that he cried out and there was bitterness within him. The scriptures in verse 38 even tell us that he wept because he was devastated. Devastated that his brother had done him dirty twice. Devastated that his father's blessings had gone to his younger brother instead of him. He was devastated by the whole thing. And I can imagine that after he finds out his mom was a part of that, the whole setting is just becoming one great big devastation that's overwhelming to him. And anytime there is something that one family member does to intentionally hurt another, there's going to be a devastation in the family. Now, intentionally hurting somebody else. In this particular situation, it was one trying to deceive another one so that they could get a blessing. That deception was there and it devastated the other one. But there's also devastation that can occur in the family just because one feels like, well, I wasn't treated right or I wasn't done like the other one does. And so they have it in their mind. I want you to listen very carefully. I'm going to show you, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Intentionally hurting another person. And it will create devastation in the family. And so as we look at this setting of Jacob and Esau, Isaac and Rebekah, we see that they have built into their family. Now this is a biblical family, right? This is a family that came from Abraham. Abraham is the father of Isaac. Abraham is Esau and Jacob's grandfather. He's a man that is identified in the Bible, in the New Testament. There, there was no one like him that he walked righteously with God. And yet in this family, we see it now building division, deception, and devastation. A family that's creating bad memories. But you know, I said that with family memories, you can either have problems that create bad family memories, or you can have some positives that can create good family memories. And I want to take just a moment this morning to just look at what creates positive settings in a family that will create good family memories. I, I just about guarantee you that if I were to ask you as a congregation this morning, do you want to have a family with bad memories or good memories? I believe just about everybody in here would say, we want good memories. We won't go in that direction. And you know, as I've said, I've done a lot of marriage counseling. I've also done a lot of funerals over the last 27 years. And in those funerals, it's sad that so many times that when death of 
sometimes a father or a mother that suddenly all the bad memories just flood out. And I have been sometimes just kind of overwhelmed at children talking among themselves. You know how she was or how he was and they did this to us and, and all this junk begins to come out. And it's usually linked to something of division in the family, deception or devastating moments. And I'm thinking, you know, when I die, I don't want my kids to be talking bad about their dad. I want to be some good family memories. And so as I look at these, this family of Isaac and Jacob, the twins Esau and Jacob, as I look at them, I thought, you know what? There's some things I see missing from this family. Some things I'm learning from this family that are essential to have good, positive good family memories. So if you look at your app and you see number two, you'll see an A underneath that. And then that blank there, I want you to put the word fun. I know some of you are probably thinking, that don't sound very biblical. You don't understand the Bible too well then. Because the Bible tells us that Christ came that we might have life and life more abundantly. And to me, that means fun. And one of the things that I feel like that in our family that Joyce and I have always tried to create with our children is fun. Now, we've always had a line. We are the parents and we do discipline. There's a line that only goes, but we love to always have fun with our kids. And at our house, as our kids were growing up, it was usually their friends coming to our house and playing with us because we tried to create a family of fun. And so if you look at that, the A says for fun times among the family are essential for good memories. You see, I read all through Genesis about Isaac and Rebekah and Jacob and Esau. And you know what? I never saw a single clue about an abundant life or having fun or doing things together as a family. I saw it missing. You see, sometimes I say that you can learn from good experiences. Sometimes you can learn from bad experiences. Sometimes you just find things because things are missing there. And one of the things I saw was missing for this family was any clue of just having fun as a family. Now I imagine, and I want you to listen very carefully. I can imagine that Isaac and Esau had some fun times together. Probably out hunting, doing some things as real men. I can imagine that Jacob and Rebecca had some good times together, just doing things. Apparently Jacob liked to cook. Learned some good recipes from his mom. Probably till the day he died, he brewed up some good things that his mom taught him how to make. They had some fun times. But I never see in the scriptures where they as a family whole had a good time. They were having the abundant life that God wants us to have. As Joyce and I were on our uh, vacation and on a cruise, we saw lots of families doing different things together. But, you know, sometimes it seems like that a particular person just continues to cross your path. For this cruise, there was this one family that just kept crossing my path. I'd go to a, a slide on the boat, and there would be that family. I'd go to the water park, there would be that family. It's just like everywhere I turned, there was that family. And as I saw that family, I learned from the bad experience of them. Because every time I saw that family, there was the dad speaking. I never heard anybody else speak but the dad. And there was always the dad speaking. It was like, get over here. What'd you do that for? Grab, 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 grab. I thought, I'm here to have fun. You're messing my fun up. 
I mean, and I thought those poor kids, even when they're at a water park or doing a slide on the boat, it's like whatever the setting was, it can never be just fun because the dad was always griping and telling them to do this, don't do that. Y'all know the song, do this, don't do that. Can't you read the signs? <laughs> You'd have to be old as me to remember that song, but... Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the signs? It was funny that dad one time <laughs> even said something to one of the older boys and said, can't you read the sign? I think, do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign? Yeah, I got that song. <laughs> this family can't have any fun. And let me encourage you that if you want to create good family memories that'll make for memories that will last, have fun as a family. Not divided now, it's okay to have some divided fun, but always have fun as a whole, as a family. I believe that's biblical, and I believe it's what God would have you to do. If you look down to B, there's another blank. I want you to put the word forgiveness. I'm getting a little more serious now. Are you with me? Say amen. Fun. You got to have fun as a family. But there also has to be forgiveness. If you want to create some positive in your family and have good family memories, there has to be forgiveness and it's essential for good family memories. You see, in Genesis 27, 41, it tells us that Esau was planning to kill his brother and his father had just died and he said, I'm mourning for my dad, but as soon as the morning's over, that brother is dead meat. Now remember, he's the hunter, so he knows how to kill things. And he said, as soon as I get through mourning for my dad, I'm killing my brother. Sad situation. And you think, we know that the mother sends Jacob off and says, you stay gone till I call you back. Now, years and years have gone by and the Bible tell, doesn't ever tell us she ever called him back. But if we were to go ahead in the scriptures in Genesis 33, 4, we see a totally scene change. Years have gone by, Jacob is married, he's got children, he's got all this inheritance that he's gained and he sees his brother coming, and he's thinking, he's going to try to kill me. He's going to kill my family. And so he makes out this elaborate plan. Because remember, he's the one that knows how to make elaborate plans. He's made this elaborate plan of how he's going to greet his brother in a way that will kind of maybe cushion things. But the Bible tells us that when Esau sees Jacob, he comes running to him, and he embraces him, and he weeps. Because what Jacob didn't know was Esau had done forgiven him. He had done put that behind him. He done moved on in life. And so for that moment, for those twin brothers, forgiveness set in. Finally, something positive has come through through this family. And you know what? If you can't build forgiveness into your family, you won't be able to create good memories. Matter of fact, it's kind of strange, isn't it? But I have learned that sometimes when you truly experience like Esau and uh, his brother Jacob had that just emotional moment of healing and forgiveness, that's probably a memory that stayed with them the rest of their lives. Forgiveness creates good memories. And if you can't forgive one another, you'll never have the family God wants you to have. You'll never create those good memories that God wants you to build in your family. When you can experience and express forgiveness, then you can create a family memory that will last a lifetime. I want to give you a last thing, and this is essential. It's the C on your church app there. 
put in the word faith. Faith as a family is a top priority. It's the building foundation to having good family memories. You find a family that the whole family has a faith in God and they worship God together. They have just God built into their family. Then you're gonna see a family that's building good family memories. Over the years, I have seen and experienced in all different ways. I've seen people who have sent their kids to a church on the uh, church bus, but they never go. I've had people that will drive their kids to the church, drop their kids off, seen husbands drop their wives off at church. But you're never really gonna have that real family bond. Leading the family, the mom is a part of that faith and she's teaching faith to the children. And their children are growing up to understand faith and to serve God. And they as a family, that they know that worship is who we are and what we do. Christianity is not just a title. It's not just a club. But it's who we are and what we do. It's not like, are we going to go to church today? No, that's, that's what we do. We worship God. Are we going to be a part of this or a part of that that the church is doing? <laughs> Yeah, that's our family. That's our church family. And if our family's doing it, we are doing it as a smaller nucleus family. That's the faith that I'm talking about. And I told you Abraham was Esau and Jacob's grandfather. He's a father of faith as you look to the scriptures. But yet, as you were to read all those chapters about Isaac and Rebekah and Jacob and Esau, you'll see that the faith of the family from where it was with Abraham had begun to break down. If you want to have good family memories, then create a faith in your family that is the foundation for which your family is built on. And I guarantee you, you're going to have some good family memories. So here's a question. I told you that there were those problems of division, deception, and devastation that was creating bad family memories. So let me ask you a question this morning. Does that hit a nerve in your family? Are you putting in your family division, deception, and devastation? Or are you putting in your family fun, forgiveness, and faith? I just love those three words. Fun, forgiveness, and faith. What are you putting into your family? And what kind of memories are you creating? I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. This Memorial Day weekend, we're remembering family members who have lost their life so that we have freedom. It's a memory that's etched in a lot of people's minds because a family member lost their life. But I want you this Memorial Day to also just think about what kind of family memories am I building? What are we going to be doing this Memorial Day weekend? What's the attitude and the actions going to be of our family? What is the mindset? You know, sometimes you can put on a good front and other people in either parts of your family think everything's okay. But in reality, there's some deception. There's some division that's going to result in devastation. Is that what you're putting into your family? You see, I, I am totally convinced from what God spoke to my heart that there's some in here today, and it may just be some, that there's some deception. Everybody in the family thinks it's one way or thinks you're one way but they don't know some little hidden secrets about your life. And let me tell you, the Bible says that God exposes that which is done in darkness or in secret. 
And so if you've got little deceptions or divisions, it's going to result in damage and devastation. So let me just encourage you this morning. There may be somebody thinking, man, this nailed me. What am I going to do? I can tell you what would be the most important thing, whether it's right there in your pew or right here at these altars, to just confess it before God and ask God to guide you how to get that division or deception out of your family before it becomes devastating. Ask God to lead you and guide you so you can go from that mindset to having fun, forgiveness, and faith. And I'm not saying you have to come to an altar. Some of you may feel like you need to. But I am saying this, that if God spoke to you about division in your family or devastation or deception in your family, you need to deal with it right now and start it with God and then move forward with whatever God leads you so that you can change it to some good memories. Would you do that right now as I pray for you? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because this is a moment that I believe God wants to work deep in some hearts to change some families and make them families of fun, forgiveness, and faith. Lord, I come to you this morning. God, I thank you that, and I hate to read about a family that had so much division and deception in their family. But Lord, it's a family that we can learn from, from their bad experiences and from the foundation that was so poor. And Lord, when we think about it, this is a family that from a world standpoint, they had it going on. Because the Bible tells us that Abraham had gained so much wealth and so much possessions that even the king feared the massiveness of what God had blessed Abraham. The king was afraid of him. The king even wanted to have an agreement of peace with Abraham because of the massive amount of servants and the wealth and the power he had developed. And the Bible even tells us that Isaac who was Abraham's son by Sarah, that he inherited it all. So Isaac was a man of great wealth, of great power, of great possessions. And this man of great wealth and great power and great possessions was the man that Esau and Jacob were both vying for to get the blessings from. So it wasn't just, I wanna hear a prayer blessing, There was great wealth to inherit. So there was a lot on the line there. But Lord, they had missed out on so much because they didn't have the fun, the forgiveness and faith that you want us to have as a family. So God, I'm praying this morning that on this Memorial Day weekend, it'll be a great weekend for some families, some changes in some hearts, some thoughts of getting some things going in the right direction. And Lord, uh, I just feel like that it's not a time this morning to expose anybody. But it's for some people just to get open and honest with you and just admit, I got to quit living a lie. I got to quit having these secrets. I got to quit creating deception in my family. I got to deal with it now. And Lord, I pray that they'll just ask you to guide them and direct them to how to get things on the right path so they can create some good family memories some memories that will last. And Lord, that's what I believe is your desire. I know it's what my desire is. 
So God, you have your will and your way. And as we go into this invitation, some may want to come pray at the altar. Some may know of some things that are going on in other families they want to come pray for. I don't know. But I'm just praying, Lord, that whether it's at the altar or at the, there in the pews, that some people just get real open and honest with you, even right now, and get things on a good track. And Lord, I'm going to give you praise and honor and glory for what you do. In your name I pray. Amen.